Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, What the f? Are you talking about you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 upfront for 3 months plus taxes and fees, promo rate for new customers for a limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Smackdown preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by Michael Hamlet from What Culture. Two thirds of the Dudley Boys yes. of What Culture here to look ahead to tonight's episode of Friday Night Smackdown. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts. Where we not only review Smackdown but also Manaral, the show formerly known as NXT Two Point. Oh, we Dynamite, AW Collision, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete. A quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Hamlet to look ahead to SmackDown tonight. And I don't want to be all worried about the Attitude Era, but this show does feel like the day after WrestleMania X7, because it was the greatest SmackDown of all time last week. Oh, I thought you were saying it was following Raw. Uh, you know that devastating human phenomenon where you really nail what you want to say to make a perfect point, whether it be a witty rejoinder, whether it be this, like, incisive comeback Mm -hmm. six days after you needed to say it. (laughs) That thing where, like, you're walking down the street, or in my case, it was in the shower this morning. I did my best thinking there, Mm. where you just go, like, oh, that was what? That was the comeback, or that was the point that would have, like, nailed down what I was trying to say. Like, me and Sage have a bit of fun over WWE, the quality or the lack thereof. And he... With good reason, with loads of supporting evidence. That's all he ever brings to the table is supporting evidence and rational thought and balance. I don't believe in any of that. Yeah. Makes the point that, like, how am I able, as a WWE fan, that's the end of the sentence, actually, wasn't it? <laughs> how am I able, as a WWE fan, to draw such a line at the moment between what I perceive to be the quality of Raw and the lack of quality on SmackDown? Mm-hmm. Same company, many of the same writers, some of the same performers and mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff. And I was really struggling for the example of how things can be so close and yet so far away. And then it hit me. It hit me what it was this morning, Wilborn. My wife came back from Asda yesterday <laughs> with a gift that, at this point in my life, is better than, like, the, a new piece of technology. You know, watch guys. I'm not really a watch guy. Like, a lovely mm. new watch a timepiece. All of these sort of things that, like, you know when you see those, like, really cliched gifts for guys at Christmas. Oh, yeah. And it's like, Dad, like, Father's Day comes around. You'll get this now. Like, the perfect present for Dad. It's shit, mate. <laughs> like, it's no good. Like, the things you want are so much more practical. Uh, she'd gone and done an Asda run. And, like, on the list were, you know, you like to have, um, like, a six-packer, cans of your favourite, some people would want beer, mine is pop, like I like a certain yeah. kind of pop in the fridge, at any one time, just as like, a, yeah, one of them please. Kids aren't at the age where they're drinking it yet, so it's all for me. It's for me. <laughs> and like, she came back, not with a six pack, or an eight pack, but Asda was selling the like, cash and carry 24 can slabs. Oh yeah, like, special. like the whole not for individual sale thing. Yeah, there's obviously been a snafu at the warehouse, and they need these out, because the sell by date must be like, whatever it is. Yeah. And um, 24 cans of Pepsi Max Cherry. Oh, my God. Right? 
24 cans. It's the best no-sugar drink out there in the game. They have done something, and I think, in years to come. It's a bit like finding out only now what, like, vaping's almost as bad as actual tabs. What? Like, yeah. In years to come, they're going to be like, you know what the problem was with Pex Max Cherry? They were putting sugar in it. Wait. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it was double the calories of regular Pepsi. 24 cans of the stuff. And it occurred to me this morning that SmackDown uh, is like Pepsi Max with lime. It's Careful. It's a fruity Pepsi Max. It's got the calorific deficit of, like, versus regular Pepsi. But it's not as good as Pepsi Max Cherry. Like, they are doing one, and I'm not just saying this because it's, like, a red ingredient. That they're yeah. like raw. <laughs> same factory, same canning outlet, whatever. They are just making one difference. Smackdown is the Pepsi Max Lime to Raw's Pepsi Max Cherry. Both goated in the field, right? However, you're kind of picking one all day at the moment, and that one's Cherry. You're picking Raw all day at the moment over Smackdown. Your face has gone as sharp as I've ever seen it. I, like, I feel like I could say some pretty horrific things about Eric, and you wouldn't be as annoyed as you are for me turning on Smackdown right now. But, like, it is not good, Will. I'm sorry, right? And look, we're here. We're the right-minded fed heads of what culture. Yep. Smackdown ain't good. There are big... Big problems on SmackDown, and I'll sit here and say that Raw, you ready for this? Second. Best wrestling show of the year, on average, week on week in 2023, Monday Night Raw for oh, me. You went Dynamite third? Yeah. Uh, not even a bit. Like, but yeah, yeah like I, NXT, Goat, etc. Like, I've preferred WWE to AEW this year, ergo, I've preferred Raw to Dynamite more weeks than not this year. I know that sounds psychopathic, but it's how I feel. <laughs> SmackDown, for me lately, has gone off a cliff. Well, like, we're going to review bit by bit, but like... Like, come on, right now. It won't be when he, when Roman returns. Bloodline's an absolute tatters. Jimmy Uso's a joke. The women's division is still a mess. Still a mess. Like, the hot new stable. They kind of decide if the heels are baby faces. <laughs> the, like, the no, they just, could. It's just no one cared about when they attacked the Good Brothers. <laughs> Ross has been gutted. It's not a good show right now. I, I'm inclined to partially agree with you. Oh, thank God. <laughs> except for the fact that last week's episode was Matt and you pitch black. <laughs> yeah. The Rock showed up and he's the greatest wrestler of all time, Michael Hamblin. Is he going to show up this week? Maybe. We can't say for sure. Him and Batman could be, could be a weekly occurrence. <laughs> Every Thursday night, you check. Uh, Google, is there still a sag strike? Google, yes, Adam, there is. Oh, good. The Rock and John Cena might be on SmackDown then. <laughs> Look, I'm incredibly biased. I love The Rock. I've had this conversation already with my wife. Mm. I kind of had it preemptively prior to Eric of um, WrestleMania 40. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to be I'm going to be angling to go to that show. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to be at that show. Let's be perfectly honest. Uh-huh. And um, I realise I have a child now. I have different responsibilities, and people say you have to change. Yeah, but <laughs> if the Rock's there, I've never seen him. I uh, I will. Sell my house to go to that show if The Rock's going to be on it. So, look, you can say whatever. You can have, Anna Louise, you can have unlimited, you know, uh, nights out cards or whatever whatever you want to compensate for that fact. But I'm going to need to go to WrestleMania 40 if The Rock's <laughs> going to be on that card. And granted, me and Sid, review, and Sid, to be fair, enjoyed last week's SmackDown. But it, I do understand that, especially when someone like The Rock's on that show. Yeah. He comes out, he does his stuff, you are an asshole, all that. Everybody lost time. You yeah. could tell, you could tell oh everybody God. lost time. How long are you going to get for this uh, LWO match? 46 seconds? Five off that, eight off that, ten off that. Cut that segment with Jimmy Uso or whatever, like yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. But I, I love last week's show, but I will admit that the uh, the Bloodline storyline right now, I said this, I think, to Sidge on the, the review on Monday. Um, no. <laughs> We're not the, timing an LWO match. There's not a single bloodline segment that's ever gone 46 seconds. 
When it comes around to WrestleMania 40, and we get the culmination, and as much as I love The Rock, and I, there is a way that you book this, in my opinion, that you can have one or both. Yeah. Um, but you have the Cody Rhodes finishing the story, as he always should have. WrestleMania 39 wasn't the time, guys. Right? When they do that video package, I am going to get very giddy, and yep. I am going to say, I already know, this is literally the greatest storyline that's ever been produced in wrestling, because I adore it. Okay. Having said that... <laughs> The period between whatever date the end of SummerSlam was yeah. and presumably like Survivor Series, uh, that's not going to make the package. It's the best illustration. Like, it, it's a better one than my Pepsi Max one. It's the best illustration of the bloodline right now of the gap between the two brands because I think the JSO story rules. Oh, yeah. So, like, the other, the other side of this divide is going very, very well. And it is doing what I asked the bloodline itself to do. Bring in characters. Yeah. You cannot do this on your own because then you get Jimmy Uso giving you a reason for a turn and then kind of changing the reason a couple of weeks later. And Heyman <laughs> like, being like, is he in the bloodline? I don't yeah. actually know. And Solo Sokoa. This is what awesome. happens when you don't fold others in. I did like the tease of Solo Sokoa and John Cena. I will say that. I, it's a match. It is a match to do. Why not? Um, I'm going to target him again tonight. We, I, we, we'll, I, I don't know how to do this now because I feel like I have to get back on myself because... I want to talk about tonight's SmackDown, mm. but it feels like insensitive to be like, hey, Friday Night SmackDown, guys, when yesterday was another one of those awful days of WWE releases. A huge number of people gone. Uh, awful when you see this. You know, regardless of how you feel, feel about these people, I didn't like the people being like, oh, well, you never said you liked these sort of matches, so um, why do you even care? Um, because someone's lost their livelihood, and as much as you just say, oh, just go to AEW and Impact, there are a limited number of opportunities for that sort of thing. But, you know, I'll run through the list now. Dolph Ziggler, Elias, Mustafa Ali, Shelton Benjamin, Top Dollar, Riddick Moss, Emma, Aaliyah, Rick Boogs, Maximum male models, Mansoir and Marseille. Uh, Quincy Elliott, Bryson Montana, Dana Brooke, Shanky, Dabba Cato, Ulyssa Leon, Daniel MacArthur, Kevin Ventura, Cortez, Alexis Gray, Brooklyn Barlow, and Ica Minjiro all gone. Your reaction to this news, Hamlet? This might not be what you expect, what I'm about to say. Okay. I think it is time for a referendum on this particular subject matter of cool. releases. It's... We are kind of looking at this through the lens we did in April 2020 when hundreds of people were told their services were no longer required despite having contracts that said they were, mm -hmm. contracts that said they were, uh, when, there was, when there was nowhere else for them to apply their trade, right? As bad as it gets. Or go outside. Yeah, well, indeed. Like, there was no furlough, there was no... Um, it, it was the worst-case scenario during a worst-case scenario, yeah. right? And that was just uniformly awful. Like, there were several million ways to deal with that, and naturally, WWE picked the worst one. Yeah. And kind of in keeping with them at that time. Yeah, absolutely. And that, I think, has slightly... I don't know. It's kind of, like, muddied the waters a bit about what happens around these releases. Do you know what words I want to come back into wrestling parlance? more than releases, more than future endeavours. I want to see the words, contract expired. Yeah. I want, like, I would love to be able to discuss the exit of this list of wrestlers that you've just said, and it just be like, 
Yeah, they weren't on TV. Like, lots of these people haven't been on television for a year. A yeah. lot of these people haven't been featured in any kind of roles for the longest time. That's not everybody, but a lot of them. Yeah. And Mustafa Ali had a title match next weekend. Mustafa Ali was asking to go. But he was, yeah. Over the last two years, right? So, like, he of all people, like, today, you would think, right, now is the time I've got what I want, whatever. But, like, a lot of them had... If this was just an industry where contracts just expired, and I credit Tony Khan for trying to create this, right, then they wouldn't be on television for a year, and then you would read one day so-and-so's contract has expired. Mm -hmm. Pay them the money that you have promised to pay them on a signed piece of paper that means nothing because this is a rigged game against the talent. I hate that. That's what I hate, is that this remains a rigged game against the talent. Yeah. Independent contract status is stupid. These should be employees with pensions and benefits, and they're not, and that sucks. But, like, and as a result, a situation like this occurs, and you've got, no, no safety net. Well, I'm on for three more years. <laughs> no, you're not. See you later. Mm -hmm. And that just happens. I'd, that blows my mind. Awful industry. I wish... That, and the company's got the money to do it. That's what annoys me. The billion-dollar company has the money to see through somebody's contract or at least release them and say, you had 18 months left, here's your 18 months pay. Yeah. Like, that, again, like, that's effectively... It's a drop in the ocean, isn't it? And it's 18 months gardening leave. Who wouldn't love that? Like, or it's 18 months with a 90-day no-compete. Whatever it is, yeah. like, these people signed on, these people bought the houses, planned the lives around whatever the term of the deal was, and I think there is absolutely nothing wrong if you think you've got three years to work of thinking, well, I could not work here in three years. Uh, that's a contract, right? Yes. I wish that was where we were because I think it would make sense of the conversation around releases. Mm -hmm. It's a star-driven industry. It's an industry that requires movement and change and people to move around. Dolph Ziggler has sparked a lot of conversation because, like, happy birthday to anyone listening to this show if you turned 18 yesterday. Every day of your life, Dolph Ziggler has been a WWE employee. Really? Right? Like, Hogan, first run, when he came back in late 83, was gone by 93, and he'd already taken a couple of big breaks. That's like 10 years. Half, half of the Ziggler run. Like, Austin and Rock's runs were around six years each. Half, half again. Like, that's none of that is a dig at Dolph Ziggler. No. But it is a comment on kind of like where the warehousing system, where the content super service system has gone badly wrong. Not just by fans who kind of tire of talent, but by the by tiring of the talent themselves. It was Brian Danielson, I think, in 2015, who said it used to be that the challenge was getting exposure. Now the challenge is overexposure. Mm. And he was right. Yeah, and people like, were sharing clips of him cashing in on ADR, of course. In 2013. Or the promo he cut on Miz. In 2016. Like, he did have a great run in NXT, I will say that. I loved him and Bron Breaker. Yeah, but again, like, let's just pretend that, again, like, you have to be really careful because it's not, this is not really a SmackDown preview, but there's only a couple of things to cover and yeah. the show sucks at the moment. So, like, mm. <laughs> like, you have to kind of, like, be really careful because I don't want it to be thought of as, like, oh, like, Hamlet went on a podcast and just laughed in the face of some sacked wrestlers. That's terrible, you know? No. Like, but Dolph Ziggler, if he, if the industry functioned better around things like this, let's say Dolph Ziggler was on it, and, like, look, he's become really rich, and if he saved his money, he's in good shape. Dolph Ziggler's done all right. Mm -hmm. You know, like, a 20-year run in a wrestling company on a good wage. Nice one, Dolph. Like, that's it. Like, my kind of, like, a doff my cap to that guy. Mm -hmm. But, like, let's say that NXT run happened as a result of Dolph Ziggler in 20... Let's be generous and say 18, when he surrendered the US title in 2017 and then came back in the Rumble and was immediately thrown out. That was Ooh. the biggest signal from the company that we will never go with you, right? So let's say his contract expires three or four weeks after that, and he's just been chucked out of the Rumble, and he goes away, and he does indie work, or he gets into stand-up comedy, or he does whatever it is that he likes with mm -hmm. his life and the money that is saved, and then he's gone, right? 
and then Braun Breaker is like, I've beaten everybody in NXT. And then out of nowhere, I'm here to show the world. And you haven't even seen him on television in three years. And it's like Dol- Dolph Ziggler has just decided to waltz back into NXT and take the title, having not been seen as a WWE superstar. That's 10 times hotter. Like, the stuff was good. Oh, yeah. But imagine how hot that would have played yeah. out as. This bastard has just walked back in thinking he can own the place and won the belt. And now I want to say, and that's like this and little... it doesn't seem fair because he's gone into developmental. Yeah, so he's, he's cheating there. Yeah. Because it's like, and they do a bit where it's like, oh, you thought you could be a flat track bully in NXT because you couldn't get back onto them. It's something like that, you know, yeah. and then he loses his belt, break his more over, and then we're going about our ways. Like, that is a far more healthier way for this system to work, IMO, than what we have currently, which is Dolph coming down to NXT to have a nice run with Bron, but there always being that feeling of, he's got now to do. He's here mm. because there's now to do. That's a very different narrative, isn't it, like, yeah. of, of why yeah. he's there? And I just, I think, like, I would love the conversations around all this to change because I think it is okay to be able to look at a wrestler's career and think it was time for a change. Mm-hmm. It's There shouldn't be, you shouldn't be in a situation where, um things look on the outside as cruel as they do. It's hard not to have sympathy for Emma, like, because of the tweets alone. Oh, you know, God. the Perth tweet followed by that. It's very well handled by her. Yeah, like, and uh, but it's just like her and Riddick Moss are a couple, and they're now both out of work together, and it's like, that's a... engaged recently, yeah. That's a, like, and these are human beings, and, uh, like, you can have sympathy for, as you say, for anybody no longer having a, like, a sort of a way to earn a living, I uh, have, like, tremendous sympathy for people. But I just think, like, I, I wish we could get away from release days and into contract expiry days. Mm. I think, like, I think it's one of the low-key better things that, you know, the best thing AEW would have been done was to create wrestlers that are employees. And I'm sure there's reasons in America why that's rubbish. I've been told off for this before, where, like, think tax works differently and a lot of wrestlers would want to be independent contractors and all that. Like, I think the reason they want to is because there's never been any other way. I think you have to reinvent the wheel. And they, yeah. did, they didn't reinvent that wheel, and that's a conversation that's been lost to time. But, like, um, and I think Cody himself was one of the people that came out and said it wouldn't work. And it's like, well, I guess, like, who might speak on that? But um, we didn't reinvent the wheel. But instead, Tony Khan has accepted that he cannot, he buys a bunch of new wrestlers, and then he can't use all his old wrestlers, and then he decides which wrestlers he likes and who he doesn't. And then contracts run out. Who was the latest one? Was it Sonny Kiss? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sure Sonny Kiss would have liked more time on television, but all the comments after the fact from both sides seem to be amicable. Yeah. Doors never shut. You were paid for the duration of your contract, every penny, and now you may go and apply your trade elsewhere, and maybe we'll see you back down the road one yes. day. Yes. That's the way. That is that is the way. Like, I read a term online yesterday. <laughs> AW does all these shadow releases. Like, that's just phrasing, mate. Yeah. You just flipped. You flipped something there. You flipped the end of a business relationship. It's almost like Tony Khan's taken his sort of football yeah. uh, management or, you know, management of contracts, I mean, into, into wrestling. Because there are players who they just go, thanks for a few seasons that we've had, but it, we're not going to renew not your contract. Renew, yeah. You want to go and look for a new team, knock yourself out. It's athletics. Wrestling is in that respect. It's, it's yeah. not a sport, but it's an athletic yeah. pursuit. And it's not, any, it's not any different and it shouldn't be handled any different. And that's my long-winded view on not just the releases, but how exactly I think... Because you see people getting bollocked for not having this, like, emotional... Like, you need to care more. Like, I'm just picking this name out of the hat of, the, of full of yeah. these wrestlers, but, like, so I'm not picking on him. But, like, we should be all angry and about, like, Shelton Benjamin. It's like, yes, should we? Like, I thought he had a good run. Like, he came back in, like, 2016 or whatever it was when SmackDown went live. Like, the Hurt Business was a bit of fun. Uh... 
had like that great tag run with Chad Gable. Yeah. It's been great. Like, if his contract was expiring and it was like, this has been good, your contract's come to an end, well, maybe catch it down the road. big celebration of his. Remember on SmackDown? I think it was on SmackDown. They had a big anniversary thing. Yeah. It just, I just think it can be okay for these things to be finite periods of time yeah. that can then start again down the road. I think it, it didn't, don't think it helped optics-wise. Oh, they, they, the they, WWE are like, we've got a new TV deal. Well, oh, I was making my notes I, for this yesterday. Ironically, I started making my notes because I'm, you know, professional. <laughs> I'm a wrestling journalist, guys. Um, I started making my notes for this <laughs> yesterday and I opened them up this morning, obviously, after what mm. happened. And one of the notes I've got is SmackDown's new TV deal. I wanted to talk to you about that. Mm-hmm. They've got a what is it a forty percent increase yeah. in terms of money one point four billion over I think five years yeah I remember when the Fox deal was the first billion dollar wrestling show it's yeah. not great optics Hideous. to be like look at the ridiculous amounts of money we're making from this disregarding the whole Saudi stuff and and everything else that you know Vince the company isn't plateauing whatsoever I don't know what the hell you were on about there and he wants to jet anyway you read this latest thing yeah yeah I'm probably out guys I've seen how much I can sell my shares for please, see you later please Elon Musk come on yeah, yeah there's a lot been a lot of these tweets recently blank has the opportunity to opportunity to do the funniest thing ever <laughs> come on yeah um but yeah 1.4 billion and then you're like but we also do kind of need to trim the fat a little bit and I I, I think you're right I think you know both big wrestling companies have bloated rosters. I'm never going to sit here and say people should get fired, no. but I agree. But yeah, in terms of the optics of the new TV deal, Gross. worst possible timing. The, I, if there's ever been like, and I know we would say this because we're close to it, but I can't think of many major companies that like almost impressively care less about optics than WWE. Yeah. If anything, optics have kind of like defined mass capitalism over the last five years. Like if you ever think about like the companies that race to like, switch up their branding to support a particular cause. Oh, yeah. When then you look at how they actually operate as a company and it's all wrong, you mm. know? like What's if, that? It's February. Yeah, mm. like if you look at sort of um, companies that have enormous charitable foundations while dodging tax at an unprecedented rate. Philanthropy is... It's the future of marketing. Yeah. Thank you very much, Stephanie McMahon. Like, there are so many ways in which companies favour optics over just about anything else. There's an area because they're WWE. <laughs> isolate themselves. I'm not even mad. That's amazing. The only like optic like Vincent Man sees is like in his in the jet. He's got a personal bar with like one of them like upside <laughs> nice. down, upside down bottles where he can serve himself a double brandy. Like that's the only optic that man's bothered about. Like it's yeah, that's that is as gross as it always is and always will be. Yeah. Fed gonna fed, you know. But like I, I like I don't know. Like, maybe I'm overstating this where it's like oh we need to have a conversation. I just. It strikes me as weird when these releases come around that, like, this could all be a little bit better. Mm. It really could. Um, as, <laughs> as could the blue brand, am I right? Oh. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Well, before we get to that, oh, okay. <laughs> You know, we, we are going to talk about something to, to take our minds off the awful news of yesterday. Um, but I think the fans deserve a replacement. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm going into a Mick Foley promo. <laughs> deserve some news to cheer them cheer them up. And um, you might have seen uh, or heard whispers mm-hmm. about a certain What Culture Wrestling YouTube podcast channel. I mean, I've heard some rumours and I've seen some stuff, but I'm going to need something a bit clearer than that. Well, if you want to go and subscribe right now, Michael Hamflat, I'm glad you asked. Uh, It's the What Culture Wrestling Podcast on YouTube. Let me just search that. So I'll probably have to go to YouTube and then it'll be like at... Uh, remind me what it is, What Culture Wrestling YouTube. What Culture Wrestling Podcast. Podcast yeah. yeah, at What Culture Wrestling Podcast. That's probably the best way for me to find Indeed, it, Indeed, right? yeah, yeah. And I'm, a- right, hang on. I'm up on this page, Will Bourne, and like, it looks to me like the guys that do the What Culture Wrestling Podcast... Uh-huh. They're incredibly handsome. Well, I didn't know that because it's only ever been an audio media. Like, why is this different from my usual What Culture Wrestling Podcast subscriptions across every podcast platform? Well, the thing is, it's you get a little sneak peek in the teaser trailer that we've put on there. Yeah. And by God, imagine people who just watch What Culture Wrestling on YouTube and gone, oh, I've done another channel and don't listen to the podcast. Uh, what this must that be like? Uh, well, I sure pity them. Adam. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they do reviews, and then, who the hell is this bunch of characters and these weird catchphrases that they've got? I, I, I find myself asking the question, at what point do you and all those bollocks do they talk about the wrestling shows, Adam? We squeeze it in. <laughs> <laughs> there's a five-minute window somewhere yeah. in there where there's some genuinely good analysis from you two, and I might do a voice. <laughs> um, but oh, that's all we've got right now. Is it, is, it just the, is it just the teaser video we've got on there? I mean, I can see a trailer, and I can see a couple of great shorts. The trailer, yes, that's yeah. what I mean. Um, but that's not the only thing. That's going to be going on there. What? Because well, this channel already looks complete. <laughs> this coming Wednesday, the 27th of September, uh-huh. there will be a Dadly Boys, that's <gasps> the three of us now, right? live Q&A on the podcast what? channel. We will be taking your questions, whether it be about wrestling or about what the hell's this new thing, yep. on Wednesday, more than likely Wednesday afternoon for our UK viewers slash listeners and then Wednesday morning for our American viewers slash listeners, and anyone in bloody Australia, I have no idea. I do apologise. Do you think over the next few days, hypothetically, like they might confirm a time for that? I would I imagine think they, they will. probably will, not they? I yeah. think they will. I think they've got to check with their other halves what time they've got yeah. to be home, and uh, then the, there will be an official... But that's, that's Wednesday, right? That's Wednesday. Oh, man, I'm glad I'm subscribed, because I'm going to watch that thing. I don't need to be anywhere on Wednesday, do I? Well, the thing is, on Wednesday, it's not just going to be a Q&A. Uh-huh. It's going to be so much more than that. We're going to announce a load of other fun stuff, a load of stuff that's going to be coming on the channel. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people have been speculating about that. We'll reveal some fun stuff you maybe haven't heard about or specula- speculated about yet. Mm-hmm. And if you're thinking, that's oh, all well and good, but it does feel a bit like a bit of a drip feed on this channel right now, <laughs> we will reveal the official launch date of... <gasps> 
the video podcast where they will just be consistently on there. Yeah. Because it's just a slow burn thing and we need monetization on that channel. <laughs> so join us Wednesday afternoon, live QA, What Culture Wrestling Podcast on YouTube. If you haven't subscribed already, please don't do join us on there for that. And yeah, that'll be the first of many you feel. And uh, who knows, maybe we shall have uh, special appearances from people who only appear on maybe one or two podcasts a week. And the, am I right in thinking, I'm, it appears to be looking at the small print on this YouTube channel, the company are going to fund personal trainers for any of the presenters insecure with how they look right now? <laughs> it just, we'll, just, um, we'll just do a bit of like AI. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I kind of, I really, like, the core of my guts kind of hate AI. And it's like, uh, yeah, Hamlet AI, we, uh, we figured out a way to take three stone off you on a live broadcast. Love AI, mate. Yeah, I've always, always been a big fan of it. AI's actually goated. Spelled G-O-A-T, not AI. <coughs> Wednesday. Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday. Time TBC. Follow us all on yeah. socials for all that. We are literally working it out with our family and the guys <laughs> here that need to, need to edit around our complete bollocks, basically, to make sure that it's YouTube ready. Indeed. Wednesday. Um, that... We should say, shouldn't we? Because, like, we're aware that, like, um, you know, time zones are a thing, and Wednesday afternoon will hopefully suit as many people yes. as possible. We've got, like, American listeners viewers, English listeners viewers. And if you're gutted out and missing out on that because of the time zones, or you're at work or whatever, it's still going to be on there for you to go and watch. Feel to watch after yeah. the live stream, yeah, if you can't get in to ask a question. Um, and we'll we'll try and vary it as a result of that. So maybe we'll do someone's... Oh, we'll have to, just the amount of content. Someone's will be going up there in the mornings. Yes. Yeah. In the uh, for us, maybe we'll even do some some late night. Oh, what culture late? What culture dark? Where we get cryptids? <laughs> Mainly so the Danny boys can get out of bedtime. To be perfectly <laughs> honest, hey man, quick. This feels like podcast law. Go on. Shout out to Colton today. Hey, one of the OGs uh, because he's going to be making his wrestling debut soon. Um, is he? Yeah, he's like, done refing before. Hasn't he, he has done ref before. Um, this is very, like, sort of inside beef war for anybody that listens. But we've got, like, a, a dedicated community. And we love the opportunity to shout people out, which, of course, when we go live on YouTube, send us in your bollocks and you'll absolutely, we will abuse that privilege and oh, yeah. mention your name on the internet. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, like, uh, Colton messaged me the other day to, like, show me the poster that he's on. Like, oh, that's I awesome. I think he's working his first show, first show. So, nice one, Colton. That's a huge match. Mm-hmm. Also, genuinely a huge match tonight. I am looking forward to. The build's been dreadful. Uh, but it's EO Sky mm. versus Asuka for the, and I've written it down so I actually remember it today, WWE Women's Championship. I was kind of annoyed last week that they didn't do EO Sky and uh, Asuka just shouting, at Japan, shouting in Japanese at each other. They just mm-hmm. did a really obvious match with Asuka uh, against Bailey. Well, we all knew who was going to win that one. Yeah, She's fighting for the title next week. But... Potential. I mean, there's not a great deal on this show. Give them all the time they need. Yeah. Um, so the problem, the the women's division in WWE is bad, and that doesn't get no spo- fault of the women. Doesn't get spoken about. Yeah, doesn't get spoken. Yeah, the booking of the women's division should I make it clear? It doesn't get spoken about enough because uh, AEW's is worse, and that does tend to generate mm-hmm. more conversation. But it's a North American problem, right? And in WWE at the moment, you've got kind of very two... You've got three ways, I guess, if you include NXT, but NXT is the best by miles. Yeah. Like, and it's drawing. So I think mm-hmm. NXT, you can kind of actually take that away. It's a Raw and SmackDown issue predominantly. And uh, the problem with Raw's is that they've kind of abused the privilege of having such a massive star in Rhea Ripley as a dominant champion to kind of just have a series of short squashes and, like, scarcely believable title programs. And now, to be fair, Nia Jax is kind of, like, mixed in, and I think that's a real benefit. Yeah, the last big one was Zelina, wasn't it, that we... And that's all about the localised B-show yeah. thing more than the, the believability yeah. of a title challenger. 
On SmackDown, the problem is different. SmackDown should be dining out on our old pal Road Dogs philosophy that wins and losses don't matter, and our old pal to- and our old pal Tony Khan's philosophy that it'll be all right on the night because I'm putting the best wrestlers against each yeah. other. You were kind of getting neither. The best matches in inverted commas are not proven to be that good. Charlotte Flair's forgotten how to wrestle when the TV cameras are on. She only turns up for pay per views. Mm-hmm. It breaks my blackened heart to say that Bailey versus Asuka stunk, but it did. Mm-hmm. Like you go back to take over Dallas and take over Brooklyn in 2016. I know that's a long time ago, but you go back to those two shows, two of my all-time favorite NXT matches for entirely different reasons. Last week sucked. Like the work is not promised based on the names. No, right? The booking is poor. The presentation of the women is bad, and the results, like even if they did matter, aren't feeding in no. to the stories that you're seeing told. Shotzi, if there was a ranking system, is probably the one most in line for yeah. shot right now. And the matches are not delivering to make you care about the ones she is winning. It is all over the shop. And that brings us to this. It's not the first time we've seen a first title contender have to be the kind of what's the phrase I'm looking for? Like it's they have to be a bit of an easy beat, don't they? Mm. Like, Eosky has to win this because this is more about solidifying her run as new champion. Yep. But is it just me, or does it already feel like she's held the belt for six months and the rain sucked? Mm. It's like, damage Katara lost. Do you, you just get on with Bailey getting too keen to... Yeah, because you need a clear... Like, you can't even really work out where Eos sits on the heel-babyface divide because you can't work out where Asuka sits. So, like... Yeah. Asuka's ostensibly a babyface, but she was a heel going into the match in which... Like, she was a heel to get the title off Bianca Belair. Yes. Right? So, that was her character. That was her, like, I guess, like, reintroduction following the Rumble return. And it was a Rumble where she kind of, like, tweaked the character, wasn't it? Yeah. So, like, she's been at this for about six, seven months, and she's a heel. She cheats to win the belt. But then, there's no real official babyface turn. But then when Eo wins the belt, it's such a big moment for her that she's kind of received as a baby face. Yeah. And it's like, oh, well, that can be okay, because now he can lean into the divide with mm-hmm, Bailey, mm-hmm. which has been <laughs> drop cold. Yeah. So it's so hard to, like, pin down who these characters are and what they're doing. It would be fascinating, because where's Dakota Kai sitting all this? And what you're left with is, oh, well, it'll be all right on the night. Yeah. It's Eo versus Asuka. But then it's not been all right on the night for a while, mm. so you can't have faith in that either. All that's to say Eo retains. Yes. But where are they getting you excited about any aspect of this? Yeah, you're right. I'm intrigued to see how they book this. I'd like I said, give them plenty of time. It'll but, go on last, but make give people a reason to invest in this story. So maybe even even if because we talked about this a lot on Raw, mm. ironically, a show long angle. Yep, send them out there first to do like to scream. Bailey at each- just looking a bit like what's Bailey doing in all this? Opening promo, scream at each other. Like you absolutely have to be there for this main event. Like do a pull apart if you want. <laughs> Try this. Give them the things that you give the men. Imagine that. Yeah. Like, it's just like this. If this was like a bit like, what's the best example? I know like Seth's toy belt, like, because no belt is really Roman's. Roman's belt is Roman's on the island of relevancy. But let's say Seth in a, in a man's match at the moment for that world title was going up against uh, old rival legacy, Brock Lesnar. Okay. Not necessarily a ratings draw, but a huge figure. Seth and Brock, tonight for the belt on mm-hmm. Raw, they're definitely opening the show with the last minute. But like, you are not just sending them out there cold like these no. two. Heat them up, send them back out there in the main event. Uh, you mentioned the bloodline earlier. Let's talk about them and their targeting of John Cena mm. 
They had him on the Grayson Waller effect last week. AJ Styles getting involved. But, I mean, I'd love to see a John Cena, AJ Styles tag team potentially facing off against yeah. the odd couple of... I say they're odd couple. They were in the bloodline together for a long time. But Jimmy Uso and Solo Tokoa has that all factor in and what have you. How's it going to develop for you this week? Might well be with that, you know. Yeah. Um, so on... I love on Raw about like this Jey Uso thing, and I know I talk about it all the time on the other pods, but I love that what you have with Jay is this figure that is forcing forcing the baby faces to make choices about where they stand and thus creating as much division as it's creating unity. Yeah. Cody Rhodes is all the way in with him, right? Which is brilliant because that's like a locked in babyface alliance. Kevin Owens doesn't know where he stands, but he's in with those guys. That's really fractious. Drew McIntyre is out. So you've got like all of these different responses to how the babyfaces should behave. You don't really have that on SmackDown right now because the Jimmy Uso thread's been so like weak mm-hmm. and it's just easy to pick at. So I love the idea of AJ Styles and John Cena forging a common bond over the fact that they've been getting their asses kicked by like it's it's a bit route one, but it's it, it I just feel like I can connect with it. It's like AJ and Cena have got the mutual respect from their great program mm-hmm. years ago. Like, remember like so when once upon a time, Gallows and Anderson are still there, when the OC's job was to beat up John Cena. Oh, my God. Really fun. But, like, so there's this thing where, like, you used to beat me up, but now we need to work together. Like, when I did leave, this did become the house that AJ Styles built, all that kind of, like, yeah. you lean on that, whatever you want. People will buy it. Like, And you're establishing on the road to Survivor Series War Games, mm-hmm. people are going to have to form because... Judgment Day are probably going to align with the bloodline, potentially. Yeah, they're forming a super team on the heel side, so the babyfaces have got to get together. Like, if Cena's in for Survivor Series, he's a great guy for war games. I think it's the idea of it's fun, isn't it? Yeah. Cena in a war games match, you know. Um, the the spectre of the punker will linger over it until it doesn't, so that's... Oh, my God. Indeed. I, do you know what? I want to... You'll like this, because he's realistically, he's probably not going to be on the show, but let's talk again about the most electrifying man in sports oh. entertainment, Jeff Jarrett. He pointed out <laughs> on his podcast, he nailed this, didn't he? Like, he said... It's one of the best podcasts out there that's not ours. Indeed. He would go with night one of WrestleMania, Rock, Roman... Yep, I'm with you. Keep going. Cody and Cena. Yes! In an, like, sort of an unofficial mini tournament. You don't say it out loud, but you just say sort of like... And then, and Cody's already won the Rumble, so you're effectively saying winner fights Cody, but it's him beating John Cena is as much a, a challenge, like, and then neither champion nor challenger is unfairly weighted. They both had to wrestle the night yep, before. Yep, You both get over, like, for the two of them. Like, when you're left with Roman and Cody, it's not just, right, finally finish the story. It's like, they also just beat the two people they had to beat. Yep. The two people they had to get past in order to solidify themselves before they have their... That's a nice bit of classic WWE. <laughs> what if we just do The Rock and John Cena? Well, imagine... Like, passing two torches on one night, and then, like, that not even being the big title. Merging the torch in the next night. Yeah, like, into... into just the greatest torch ever! Into a flame big enough to hypothetically barbecue a dog, oh, no, wait, wrong company. Like, like that's, <laughs> it's sort of... it's They've never had the opportunity to do the torch passing on such a scale and have a title mean as much. And but, how often do they go, a torch has been passed? And you remember when they were like... Hogan and Rock, wrestling's past, wrestling future. I was like, yeah. Rock's leaving the company in about a month, a year's time. Yeah, and then it's like... Cody's going nowhere. This is great, because we've got the passing of the torch, Hogan Rock, the biggest thing ever. But wait, there's more. The biggest thing ever, the world title. Triple H versus... What? I'm off. I'm going to beat the traffic. Like, Well, actually, I watched a documentary about that, and everyone seemed to be pretty happy about it. <laughs> WrestleMania 18 sucked, but then the game in Jericho headline, and it didn't suck no more. Um, 
like the Rock and John Cena. Like, did you watch that clip? I love that the clip exists. I love that obviously that they got right. I want to talk about this because I twenty nine. Yeah, I did tweet about this, but like, I people like you know, people that follow me because they're so guess. But like the <laughs> the clip is of like the Rock and John Cena, and I'm what I'm guessing is they've used Rock and Cena briefly being there to maybe sit down with a lip reader and just double... Can we just double-check the chat you're having? It's great content for us. And it's lovely. It is really lovely. It's like, a nice moment. They're in the middle of the ring at WrestleMania. When you're watching it live, you just think they're having this moment of mutual respect before they raise each other's hands, and indeed they do. Like, Cena says, I was 20 years old, I was working at a shop in Venice, and you came up to me, and there I am, jacked, and trying to get going, and you're like, keep at it, keep going, and that meant a lot to me. You've always been that way with me, even when I wasn't with you. And then Rock says, well, you know what? I came back for this. I came back for you. I came back for the people in the back. And I came back for all of these people. And we've done it. Because like, the Rock puts people over on like Stone Cold Steve Austin. Feels like real vindication for the pair of them, right? He's passed the torch to Cena. Two problems. <laughs> Number one, <laughs> Cena's had the torch like 12 times by then. Like, yeah. see, Cena's kind of burnt his fingers on the torch, right? And he's burnt the fingers of the fans. Because when they turn to raise each other's arms, it's that... WWE noise of the early 2010s. Like it's nothing about I think, it. I think that was one of the catalysts for me going away for a while, by the way. that uh, We talked about this on a podcast last week. For me, it was that summer. Like, NXT is the thing that stopped me leaving WWE behind because every week it was Brian getting beaten down yeah. by the authority and Triple H telling me off on Raw, you don't want that. I do, Paul. You don't want that? I think I do, Paul. <laughs> I think I know what I want, Paul. And then, like, he was like, no, you're wrong, Hamlet. And I'm going to show you that I know what's best for you because I'm going to book NXT to be, like, your favorite product ever. Yeah. Okay, Paul, yeah, you were right. Um, but, yeah, like, that, it was so telling that the noise as these two men are supposed to be, we we did it, guys. You can clap us now. Boo! I also loved it. It was like, man, I had the worst year ever. Look back on it. It didn't seem that bad, to be perfectly <laughs> honest. Yeah. It was still main event and pay-per-views. I can remember some pretty bad years in my life, and none of them involved defeating Brock Lesnar. <laughs> um, let's look ahead to a match I am genuinely excited about tonight. I love this new version of the Street Profits with Bobby Lashley. Like you say, they had to be... You're not supposed to, I don't think. I think yeah. you're supposed to beat them, I think. But I did like the fact that they're like, okay, you didn't really acknowledge the fact that when they beat up the Good Brothers, that was a heel turn. Um, let's have them beat up Bray Mysterio, because everyone loves yeah. him. But tonight, it's... Street Brothers versus the LWO, the better version. I love Joaquin Wilde and uh, Cruz del Toro, but let's be honest, mm -hmm. if you're picking your, your two big guys to represent the LWO, it's these two. But there's the other... Oh, my God. Other intrigue. We haven't really had a chance to talk about properly, mm -hmm. aside from sort of recapping stuff. Yeah. Of what's going on with Santos Escobar and Rey Mysterio? You sent me the photo of him putting Rey on his shoulders, oh, yeah. and we all know the law of that. And then you went here on Monday mm -hmm. for us to talk about Santos being like, Ray, I respect you so bloody much. Any chance I can have a shot at that US title? You know, it's a friendly sort of thing. And we all know it's not going to be like that. Mm -hmm. And it's they're going to coexist here, but the, the, the issues are developing, aren't they, under the surface? Bubbling under. Yeah, it's good book in this for me because it's, um, it's a really good win. Feather in the cap for the new stable for Street Profits and Lashley to get going because you're not just, as you say, beating up the Good Brothers here. You're taking a pretty big scalp. Like, the LWO have been such a, like, underrated faction the LWO this year because if you th really think about this, right, despite all the merch they move, despite what an instant success it felt when you put them all together, and despite the obvious storyline outcome of this really heated and cool Rey Mysterio Santos Escobar storyline, they lose loads. Yeah. And it's never felt like they're just like a jobber to the stars group. No. They Different feel... Different for Rosalina Vega group, isn't it? <laughs> it certainly is. Like, feels like they matter. And yet, they've been, like, looking at the lights way more than they've yeah. been celebrating yeah. the big wins, right? So, like, they lose again tonight. 
And as you say, this is the A team of the LWO, realistically. So it's a big win for... Ray like, getting pinned? I think so. Yeah. I think Ray gets beat. I think he loses tonight. And I think you kind of see him like... This is now the time to start turning the screw about the when, not if feeling that we've all got in our guts. Because that's the, one of the more fun emotions to play with in wrestling. You want now Rey Mysterio to be laying there, beaten up by the Street Profits, down and out. You want to re-watch the footage to see if maybe Santos could have made the save or made the tag. Or you want all that stuff to start kicking in. And then you want Santos to be picking Rey up. Do it. Like Batista did, mm. saying you're supposed to be my friend or whatever. But then nothing. You know, like, or just, or just, I'll get a US tile for you. I'll get your belt. There you go, Ray. That thing where wrestlers stand as if they look like they're about to hit a move and then don't. What, you know, we've seen it with MJF Cole. Classic stuff. You want to be seeing this, right? Sidgwick said it on a podcast we did the other day. Like, the hottest stories at the moment are about friendship rather than hatred. Like, I think wrestling has spotted. We talked about this when you're off, actually. Wrestling has spotted, seemingly, that g- there has been a generational shift and younger demographics or fans that are kind of getting into it now actually want to see like fraying relationships rather than instant hatred. Yes. It's as if it's like how like society changes and like wrestling's taken quite a mm-hmm. while, as it always does. It's always behind the curve. <laughs> Vince McMahon likes it that way. He's been on the record. Like it's behind the curve. So like it was probably like five to ten years ago that all of a sudden like the real drama was in oh, don't fall apart. Yeah. But wrestling, a thing based on conflict, took a while to mm-hmm. get there and like look at all the very successful Friendship storylines, and mm. dare I say it, maybe NXT was onto something with the Why Am I So Violent era, even <laughs> though it was, you know, like, played to a preposterous extent. Yeah. Like, we've seen kind of how that's become, like, the leading force of pro wrestling drama. So you don't pull the trigger now, but there are weeks of teases to do so. Oh, yeah. And I still love the week where, like, out and out, Ray just goes, en- enough. Santos, what we've built is too meaningful for us to throw away on you. Your day will come, but it cannot be against me. When I sleep at night, all I think about is how things with Dominic fell apart. Like, we, I love you, mate. We cannot, like, one of these days, I'm going to lose this title. And believe you me, when I do, I'm going to be rooting for you to beat that guy. Like, th- that could be a promo. Like, Ray's practically in tears. Like, so I would give anything to wear, see you wear this title, but we can't fight. I, I love what we've got. We cannot fight, and I've lost too much. Like Santos boiling. Okay, <laughs> and then like they build up the match where like Ray's against an opponent that you think like Ray and Lashley. It's not it's not Ray's night, and he beats Bobby Lashley. And Santos is like, right, I really thought you were going to lose that one. <laughs> and then that's when he hoys him up on the shoulders and electric chairs him on the ramp. Yeah, that's where we got to go. One final person to talk about. Uh, we talked about the man who previously was the most electrifying man in sports entertainment. Currently, it's LA Knight. Yeah, what everybody's saying. He uh, cut a promo last week, basically calling out mm, every single champion that WWE has. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's next for him. Me neither. He's he finished with the Miz, obviously. Yeah. Um, you, you sense maybe he could be involved in war games, but that's still a way off yet. Yeah, he's a good. He's a great addition to war games because he's a guy that won't. And it's based on what we saw with Cena at Payback. He's not being asked to do that fawning baby face. Oh my God, I love you. Like, shout out to old Dolph Ziggler. Whatever you're doing today, you will always be the man that coined the gratitude era. Mm-hmm. Tremendous turn of phrase. Um, Ellie Knight won't be asked to do that. So I almost love this idea that, like, the baby face is a one man down. And, like, we need an answer. And Ellie Knight says, yeah, 
and he's on the team because we're already seeing the seeds being planted for him and Roman. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a great, one of the few title defences you can pull off with Roman, that. Yep. Where people go, they might do it, you know. And it feels... The Sami Zayn thing, innit? Yeah. You're looking at timeline and you're thinking Rumble feels good, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Rumble feels very good for that. But you need a baby face. Uh, and sorry, you need a heel right now that LA Knight can beat that is less about, because I'm getting sick of this story, the story cannot continue to be LA Knight is f***ing <laughs> It is the strangest build of a baby face, but that's basically the catchphrase of every heel. Hey, you, you are really bad. You're a phony faker and you're Stone Cold Rock Austin. Mm. Like, and LA Knight says, no, I'm not. And then he beats him and he stays over. They cannot keep walking that tightrope. We need a heel. Like I'm looking at the roster, I can't see one. Maybe we find a. Well, if I wish we could come up with a method of choosing a heel, but maybe, or maybe we'll get like a like a legend to come back to feud with him. Yeah, that'd be perfect. But I don't know how we would arrive at that. It's time to play the game. Time to play, time to the, play game. the game. <laughs> Not her. Well. I have the WWE alumni page open in front of me. We are invoking Pro Evo rules. Oh, yes, my favorite. Which means if you're unaware, he doesn't have to stick with the first choice. He doesn't even have to stick with the second choice. But if he rolls the dice on that third choice, he's stuck with whatever that is. Mm -hmm. Okay, I have the alumni page open in front of me, and it's got a little bit bigger in the last 24 <laughs> hours. Um, but I'm scrolling through it, Michael Hamlet. Tell me when to stop. Give me a number between one and four. And this potentially is the guy that keeps LA Knight busy basically until Survivor Series. God, yeah, what if it was like Shanky or something? Remember when like Heath Slater came back for the one night match against Drew? Uh, stop. Four. Okay. I don't think Joey Styles is going to be doing much with uh, I LA don't know, Knight. like he took out Bradshaw, didn't he? Power of the punch. Okay, uh, I'll twist. Okay, good idea. Stop. Ooh. Two. Marty Janetti. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, oh. Oh, God. He, I mean, he is gat, isn't he? God's amusement toy. There's a bit of dark side. What do we do? What do we do with that? Well, what do you do what with do that? What do we do with that? Do we stick or twist? I am doing what Vincent Mann did for the entirety of the night is do I stick or twist on Marty Jannetty? <laughs> and I'm going to do what Vince did more often than not. I'm going to twist. Sorry, Marty. Okay. Sorry, sorry. Oh, God. I feel like I'm going to regret this. Stop. Oh. Your eyes have just widened all the way. I'm going to try and force this number into your head. Three. Oh. No way. Okay. Okay. I mean, it doesn't work, but... Okay. <laughs> LA Knight's out there. Mm -hmm. Who's he gonna... What's next for LA Knight? <laughs> Rusev! <laughs> He's not busy, is he? Nope, he doesn't seem to be. You remember CJ Perry? Dick... I was willing you to say four. Okay. Because if you'd have said four, said, let me just check his dance card. Surprisingly empty. Well, with everybody saying, oh, silence, lights go out. Feed me <laughs> four. That would be great, actually. Keep LA Knight busy. Don't just give don't give him Grayson Waller, because that's literally yeah, keep doing the feud he's just had. 
But with Grayson Waller, I keep doing Spider-Man meme stuff with these people, for Christ's sake. <laughs> it would be quite funny if Grayson Waller came out and if, if LA Knight was like, didn't I literally just beat you? <laughs> yeah, that's actually a good line, isn't it? Didn't I beat you or didn't I at least banter you off the face of the planet? No, that was the Miz. And then it was Austin Theory. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's the other one. There's a lot of us. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to head to SmackDown tonight. Yeah. See what they do with this. I do hope they give Asker and Eo... A bit of momentum mm-hmm. and then plenty of time, hopefully. But let us know your thoughts ahead of SmackDown tonight on X. At What Culture WWE. Watch there. You can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Hamflet at Michael Hamflet. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE, as I said. Make sure if you haven't done so already, subscribe to the What Culture Wrestling podcast channel on YouTube because this coming Wednesday, the 27th, I believe, of September, a live QA on there where there's going to be lots of big reveals. Follow me as soon as we've got that video up, like we do with the streams. As soon as that video exists, I'll be indeed. I'll be Xing that link so you'll be able to catch it from there. Uh, AW Collision preview coming later on today. And, of course, WrestleCulture with the hashtag bloody good quiz. And me and Half will be back on Monday to review SmackDown. But for now, this has been the SmackDown preview. My thanks to Michael Hamlet. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops, if we're stopping to get gas. You will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Acast powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.